0: Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Following your passion offers no guarantees that it'll be profitable, but not trying to find a passion to follow can pretty much guarantee you'll be miserable. Hi, I'm Scott Tucker, and welcome back to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also, of course, to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, but... Yeah, today we want to talk a little bit about what does it mean to follow your passion. How often have you heard people say you have to do that. You have to figure out your passion, what you're passionate about as a veteran or you're just not going to be happy. And yeah, that seems pretty obvious, but at the same time I've heard a lot of people saying, "Hey, following your passion might not be able to create give you a livelihood." And it's nice to have hobbies, but if your hobby's basket weaving unless you're the best basket weaver out there and is really good at doing things like YouTube or writing a book, you're probably not going to make a lot of money from it. Doesn't mean it's impossible. But it made me think back to what I was passionate about when I was getting out of the military. It was travel. I loved traveling around the world, put myself into crazy situations, having to deal with other cultures, other languages, really think outside the box, get uncomfortable, and do crazy stuff like run with the bulls or motorcycle around Vietnam, but I realized, hey, as, mu- as much as passion as I have around this, how am I gonna? How, how would I turn it into money? I didn't want to have a permanent travel lifestyle, and what am I gonna do? Become an Instagram influencer, just taking photos of me everywhere, saying, "Hey, be more like me." Yeah, of course, I want people to aspire to the type of mobile autonomy type of lifestyle I've created I I think that gives you a lot more freedom but no I I don't heck all the a lot of the photos and GoPro videos I've taken are just sitting on a hard drive somewhere I never did anything with them in that regard you know following a passion I'm not going to be a travel you know advice guy or or blogger I just realized hey there's already enough of that out there that wasn't something to follow but I realized wait a minute this you know financial industry that I had entered the way I was doing it simply because of, you know, I I didn't like the idea of just sitting in an office in a business suit all day and going to the golf course and trying to schmooze people. I was trying to live my life. And I recognize this, I created, yes, I found out that I've pretty much been lied to in the whole financial planning industry or financial advisor world is really, yeah, it's not really that necessary. And I wasn't doing anything that I had integrity with, but I had created a lifestyle for myself to get some freedom. So I had passion around the industry, being in the financial industry for that regard. I was like, okay, there's a time I write about this in my book. That I was sitting on a beach in Thailand, and I felt shame that I was answering emails via my iPhone while I'm sitting on a beach in Thailand, and and, and it's like, oh god, I can't let them know I'm sitting here. This is the little, I, I I thought they would think I needed to be in my office and and just working. Like what what's the work? And so, I I just did that really for years I would feel like that, and then finally one day I realized, wait a minute. I'm not the one that's miserable. They're miserable because the reason they're sending me these emails is either it's like, why aren't my accounts up more? It's, I don't know. The stock market didn't go up. The government didn't print more money. You know, I don't know <laughs> yet. the Or or a lot of times it was like, hey, something happened. I need to move money. I need to use my money. And ironically, it's they had saved and planned for this retirement, this arbitrary word that happens many years in the future, and stayed on this fixed income, just slogging away, unhappy at their job, no passion whatsoever. And yet they didn't even get to use the money for that. They, they actually needed to, to move it and, and something, something happens. And that's when I realized, it's, wait a minute, there's a couple of things going on here. It's like people are planning for things, putting the majority of their time, majority of their working years for a goal that really isn't even their main priority, nor does it give them any sort of flexibility to adapt to things that happen in the short term. When everything's geared toward this thing called retirement, that's far away where there's so many variables that can change, not just in the stock market and taxes and how money works, but in your individual lives. When really the opportunity is in the here and now. In your ability to build your identity, to build skill sets, to learn what's actually happening in today's economy. You know, find a passion around those types of things. So my passion then became, holy cow, I see this stuff happening. I think I can be develop a passion around spreading this message. Yes, there happens to be a financial component to it. Yes, I, thank God I, I did learn What, how the financial planning and advice-giving industry and the financial blogging and, and all this advice that everybody's given about how you should live your life. And I'm here saying, no, they're just telling you what they know. You have an opportunity to do is to position your identity, your financial resources, your military benefits, and the way you're continuing to educate yourself. And usually this means not going to college and getting more certifications and degrees. But you know, learning the modern economy, where are the opportunities? You get those th- three things right, man. You start finding all sorts of passions, and eventually, you know, maybe it's not right away. Maybe you got to position yourself, and you got to go into that f- fixed income world where you're, you know, still working for somebody else. I remember recently I saw a quote from Naval Ravikant, and if you had, if you don't know who that is, make sure you're reading his books or following him on Twitter. But he said something like. If you could have all the money in the world, but if you're going in to some place of work based on somebody else's schedule, if you're dressing and acting a certain way based on someone else's requirements, if you're just doing things that are based on someone else's decisions, then you do not have freedom. You are not wealthy. And that's really the theme behind Veteran Wealth Secrets, because really now is the greatest time in all of human history to step out of that world and take control. And this show, the book, Veteran Wealth Secrets, is not meant to, con- to change your mind and convince everybody. and Everybody who's just enjo- enjoyed following all the orders of the government telling what, us what to do during this lockdown and uh, trying to save everybody and their mother when we all know how the world really works this is getting ridiculous we deserve the opportunity for freedom but it ain't going to come from them you have to position yourself to go get it and if you know that's what helps you figure out what that passion means and maybe or maybe not does it have to do with what your hobby is i, I, I don't like being labeled a financial advisor I, and i tell people i'm not your advisor it's your money Make your own decisions. What, what I am is a consultant, a strategist, someone with access to some of these you know, tools and strategies and the, the way they, they work. But if you put all your financial decisions off to me or somebody else, you're never going to be happy. And that's the ultimate risk. And but the chance to use your money. Position yourself where you can actually use your money to buy time so you're not spending your time to get money. Give yourself the permission to seek that goal and watch what happens. You're, two, three years from now, you'll look back and and say, oh, I'm a different person now. Well, what can I be in the next two to three years? I, I think that three-year goal is really what you want to look like. What's got to happen here in the next three years for you to feel happy for, for, with your success? Because if you're waking up three years from now and your day your lifestyle looks exactly the same as it did three years before, then I guarantee you don't have any passion. You don't have any desire for aspiration. And that is a life of mediocrity and it can go badly. So I implore you to join me on this mission. And if you're joining the show, if you think other people sh- should be hearing it, please share it. We want to grow this for the right audience And if you're going to sit here and argue with me and say, let's not everybody can do that. Yeah, I know. Okay, those people shouldn't listen to the show. But those who are like me, who are following the standard path, who were told for years and years, this is how you should, this is how you'll be successful, these are all the things that qualify you, check all these boxes, and therefore you look good on paper. I realized that was all a lie. Put your stocks and bonds in these portfolios, and you'll say, just keep saving, be frugal like all all these things that limit your potential are limiting beliefs, and I find them morally abhorrent and just wrong, especially in the United States of America in the year twenty twenty one as we're recording this yeah if you're if you're the right person, people around you who need to hear this message, please share it, subscribe to on iTunes. And on YouTube, we have a lot more content, not just the podcast stuff. We've got other things, other videos that are very helpful. And if you'd like to get a copy of the book, of course, it's on Amazon. But the first three chapters are free on the website, federalwellsecrets.com and we got an interview coming up for the rest of the show so i will leave it there really excited i'm a dog lover so really excited to introduce and interview jason johnson from project canine hero they do an amazing uh, job rescuing service dogs and and making sure they're getting taken care of so they can have the retirement they deserve and so i'm passionate about that subject and i hope you enjoy the interview we'll see you on the next episode take care Welcome back, Scott Tucker here with another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets, uh, the show where we want to share the secrets of those in active duty, how are they getting through their military career, what's something they figured out in transition already out of the military for a while have found their passion and purpose and that's what the new book of veteran Well secrets is all about how do you find autonomy and financial control in the modern economy and that's also now available on amazon as of last week just really excited how well that's done so far please grab a copy you can always get it for free on the website at veteranwellsecrets.com but if you do want the kindle version or the print version that'll be out soon make sure you grab that but a big part of that book is about passion. I know anybody working with dogs has got to have passion a lot. So really excited to have Jason J- uh, Johnson, the founder and CEO of Project Canine Hero to come share, sh- share some insights, share some of your story. And I just, I'm a dog owner. I'm looking at my pup over here on the couch right now. I can't imagine what it's like working on the mission with these animals especially for such a long time looking at your LinkedIn profile Jason thanks thanks for joining us to share your tips a little bit tell us what's life looking like for you these days I know we're in weird times and and so maybe that's not what you want it to be but you mentioned you have facility tell us more about your mission and, and what you got going on right now
1: yeah, first of all, thank you for having me. I'll here at Project Canine Hero, we started this in 2016 and I, I left the United States government my full-time job there to come out here and really chase after this dream I had to take care of retired police canines and military working dogs as my career. Where up until that point, I spent about 24 years training them and working with them throughout the my military service, my police service, and my service in the government and the service I had overseas. So now, the way I look at it is all these dogs that I help train, and we're talking about 2,000 dogs here, when they're leaving service, whether it be the military or police, they don't always have a home to go to. And more importantly, not that, they don't always have medical care. Like we have a VA program for our military veterans. We don't have that for our retired military working dogs or police canines. So I started Project Canine Hero. And we're out here in Tennessee today at our facility. We're building a rehab, rehoming facility where we can take in retired military working dogs and police canines, make sure they got a good home to go to, make sure they're adapting to civilian life and place them as companions with other veterans. And that's just one part of our mission. But the main part of our mission is to make sure they're getting their medical bills taken care of for life. And that's one of the biggest things that we do and something I'm so proud of through all of our different resources we have here at Project Canine Heroes.
0: Man, that is impressive. And and thank you so much for I'm surprised almost in a way that we got to 2016 because you hear so many stories about the working dogs downrange, not to mention, of course, in our police forces on a daily basis. And so thanks for for picking up that aspect of the medical thing. That's interesting. You always hear about dog rescue, but there's hey, there's soldiers. Hey, we give them we give the animals medals many times. That, that that's definitely a true thing. So talk to us a little bit about obviously. Um, you said you so you get how'd you get started with canines?
1: Yeah, I started in the Army in 93 as a military police officer, enlisted, okay. really wanted to get in the K-9 after a few years. I didn't know when I came in, we even had a military working dog program. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I found a faster route to get out after my five years and get into the civilian police agency, which I started outside Tacoma, Washington, ended up in Yakima, Washington. And there I started with the bite work and getting with the bite dogs and working in the detection business and getting the first narcotics detection dog that they um, had on the department, which is actually the title of my my first book, Canine Flash Becomes a Hero. True story about how she went from a pet rescue to becoming a police canine to inspire me to start this organization. And that's really how I got started. And after after having 10 years in the civilian police department, I got recruited to go overseas to work with the ambassador of the United States, being an explosive detection dog handler in Iraq. Did about three tours there, did one in Afghanistan, but working at the very high level, Department of State meetings and things like that. And I'm going to ATF, becoming a, a lead instructor over there, like their National Academy, where we taught FBI, CIA, US Marshals, then on to Homeland Security, where we have the dogs in the airport that screen the passengers. So all, right. all of that. Led me to think these dogs are giving their lives and they're doing so much for us, and we treat them like heroes when they're active duty. Right. We're not, we're not doing the same in their retirement because either they retire with their handler or someone like yourself may adopt one, but whoever does it, that financial responsibility is 100% on them. And I didn't think that was correct. So I started this nonprofit to take in money to make sure we could pay those bills at 100% for all. We have 107 program members as of today, police and military, all heroes. We also have the Canine Hero Act, which came out in Congress about a year ago. That's gonna help us take some federal funding from the government and and spend that directly on medical care for retired military working dogs and police canines. So between all that and the rehab rehoming facility in the last four years, we're really doing a lot to change the, uh, the canine world.
0: Man, God, this just it gives me chills a little bit. Just I, I didn't know there's so much more we could be doing for these dogs. Thank you for doing that. Obviously, taking donations. You know, I'm assuming what do you guys do to get these uh, funds? What are some ways that people can contribute? Yeah, I make sure I don- get out there.
1: Public donations and corporate partners are the two big things. So, okay, uh, you go to our website at projectcanonhero.org, you're going to see a lot of different apparel. We have a uh, trademarked red. Remember, every dog deployed, like you see here. We have our children's books. We got a deck of cards coming out. We got our new calendar featuring 12 hour heroes. We got over 70 items on there people can donate for, which money goes back into taking care of the dogs. We got a donate link on there to make a direct donation for people who are coming up on the end of year tax deductible donations they need to make. And we, with the Rehab Rehoming Facility, we really look for corporate partners. We're looking for people who own businesses who maybe want to donate money to put their name on an adoption cabin, put their name on a kennel, or put their name on the entire building. So we have a uh, link on our website under Capital Campaign for that. We have one on our website at, with the Canine Hero Act, how to contact your congressman or representative, get involved, read the actual act itself. We have ways you can look at the heroes. If you follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Project K-9 Hero, you're gonna see that we have every day we're posting different things about the dogs we're taking care of. Today we introduce Rex as our 107th member. Wow. He served two tours in uh, Afghanistan with the United States Marine Corps as an explosive detection dog locating roadside bombs. When he retired from that, he spent five years, uh, four and a half years at Detroit Airport screening passengers. Yeah. Yesterday he had a, a really large mass on his elbow that we paid to have removed, and and it's off to the lab to see if it's cancerous. And so no matter what it comes back as. We're committed to taking care of those bills at 100%. So his handler, okay. who is a government employee at the time, doesn't have to worry about if that gets into 5000 $10,000. The most important thing is we're using all these different streams of revenue to bring in donations to make sure we're caring for all 107 dogs in our program.
0: Man, that's awesome! I just I, I love seeing those videos where a handler gets reunited with their dog after a few yeah. years and stuff like that. But clearly, you're not just saying, "Hey, we're doing this thing for to give us some money." You're writing books, you said decks of cards. You're being creative. That takes a little bit something other than, "Hey, I want to help out." You're going above and beyond. Wh- what's your secret? Wh- what's the secret that you found in your life? finding this passion around these particular types of dogs, working dogs, that uh, you'd like to share with our audience? And maybe where'd you have your epiphany along the journey?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing we talked about finding your passion, first of all, you have to find your passion. And mine came in the form of working dogs, police and military canines. So once we have that, the secret to really make that a success is being able to take the risk. Most people, veterans, are afraid to take that risk. Just like me, when I got out in 1998, I could have stayed in and had a great career in the military, could have went on in the military working dog program and done great. However, I knew my real path to where I wanted to get going was going to be in the civilian law enforcement. I took that risk and got out of the the United States Army and started taking the tests and and did really well till I got hired. Same thing when I left the, the, the police department in 2008 to go overseas to Iraq, I was a SWAT canine officer which is there's only one SWAT K9 officer in my department and it happened to be me. And when you give that up, you don't get those jobs back. So you're taking a risk. You're betting on yourself. You're betting on your skills and your preparation and your heart and your drive to say, Hey, I can go out and do this and be successful. And same thing when I left the government in uh, 2000, I started this in 2016 by January of 2017, I quit because I would taken $500 in my pocket in 2016. And we raised about $50,000 that year when I was still a full-time government employee. And I said, if we're ever going to get this wow. where I want to go, which we're in a, multi- we're a multi-million dollar organization now, I need to quit the government and I need to do this full-time by writing my books, doing public speaking, becoming, coming on shows like this every week and telling people about my passion and what Project Canine Hero is all about. And that's the only way to really be successful. Because if I sit in the corner and I don't get out here every day and find new audiences, then no one's really going to know who we are.
0: Yeah, at, at the end of the day, no matter what it is your business you're in, whether you're for profit or nonprofit, if you got a message or a mission, you got to also be in the sales and marketing business. And in some regards, you know, I think you're doing some really smart things, especially uh, with the book. Are they children's books? Or they are. they are. Okay. I got
1: a new one coming out this week. It's called Canine Flasher: Hero's Hero, and that takes us from when I left the government. We went on our book tour. And then in 2000, 2018, I have it right here. Flash became the law enforcement dog of the year in America. I have a trophy right here, voted on, and we <laughs> carry that. And we went on to actually really expand our program. And the Hero's Hero goes on from her book tour to become the hero dog in America to trying to get to Congress to get our bill established and to helping a lot of different dogs along the way. And we introduced several other dogs. So. People can look for it on our website. It'll be out before Christmas by the end of the month. That's called, and we'll have be selling the books in bundle packs. Our cards, we have a deck of cards with Bicycle that is coming out this week. Our calendar came out. Every year we do a calendar. And there's just so many different forms. And that's really another the secret don't just rely on one form don't rely on private donations don't rely on corporate sponsors mm-hmm. i try to go out there and have fifty to a hundred different forms of way that we're going to take in donations and that's what built us from a five hundred dollar year in my pocket within four years to over two million dollars a year in donations so that's a that's another good lesson to be learned that you can't just rely on one thing you have to go out and try to find new revenue streams every day
0: did you find when, when you're searching to make the mission work you know, there's got to be some form of revenue, you're obviously building your skill sets along the way. Did, did you notice any sort of shift, whatever, in what you thought you'd be doing versus what ended up happening or where you're like, oh, my God, this actually works out better?
1: Yeah, I, I actually did. I I really thought we would we'd go out there and we get personal da- donations. But a personal donation is very difficult to get because... People work hard. We're in the COVID times right now. Mm -hmm. Veterans work hard, military and police. People do respect the mission, but that don't mean they have extra money to give. That don't mean they have an extra 500 or thousand dollars. They might have $5 and it takes a lot to add up. So you, I really had to get into more of the corporate partners. And if you look at our annual report, which is on our website, we have over 80 corporate partners right now. And every year I look to expand that by over 50%. And again, we're not gonna build this rehab rehoming center here, which is six buildings, probably over $5 million project by selling books or selling t-shirts or selling hats. We're gonna do it by getting with corporate partners who wanna put their name on it, who believe in our mission, who want to help us take care of retired police canines and military working dogs. And so I I really expanded into the corporate side of the the, uh, financial aspect of it because I realized we'll never grow the way I want to just off the personal donations.
0: No, that's that's important insight. I think for everybody, a lot of veterans get out and they go, "Hey, I want to help out. Let's start a nonprofit." and maybe they don't realize quite what we're, what we're getting into, it, or yeah. almost like competing against, because what are there, 45,000 veteran service oh. organizations? Oh. So to hit one of the low percentage that's getting donations on a big enough scale to be where you're at, where you can make some serious impact, I'm sure it's cutthroat at times in a ways. <laughs> in the nice way. It's like, hey, we all want to help, but hey, I, I need the money. What would you say to someone who's getting it you know, Maybe talking to yourself a few years ago before you got started, did you ever think about going for profit? I'm not sure how this would work for profit, but that's something I, I often see folks that are thinking about starting a nonprofit. It's like actually you might be able to help more people. If you made it a for-profit, it just depends on the type of thing we're looking to do. But what would you say to yourself a few years ago before you you got into
1: this? I would have never guessed it would have been so much work. You Like you said, it's very competitive. Um, I still do all of our marketing. I still have our social media. We have two full-time employees. We have several contractors. We have a lot of volunteers. We have a, a pretty big staff. But if you're going to be successful, you can't go out and employ 10 to 15 people. So we have two full-time employees, contractors as we need them. And all that, I had no idea that I would work 24-7 trying to get this going. It being my passion, I may wake up at 4 a.m., answer emails, and I may do that to midnight. And it doesn't bother me because it is it is my passion. And I'm trying to get it to grow. And I'm trying to achieve these things that we're talking about that I've set out like the Canine Hero Act. Or the rehabilitation and rehoming center. So, I would say I would have had no idea that having a real job was so much easier before. We have a uh, hundred and fifteen thousand followers now. So I post something out there, it goes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and people are commenting. I'm the only person that replies to those, or they're, bringing, they're 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 emailing us things. There's no right. way I can stay on top of all that. Uh, it's absolutely impossible. I try to hit the main things, but there's just so much to it, and people they want that responsiveness they want you to be back out i'm going to donate money to you i want to hear from you you get pulled in every direction and you really have to triage that and really focus on what's the most important things today and get those things accomplished because there's no way you can do everything in one day that that you that you would like to yeah because
0: you got to be careful because you if you're not really intentional about what the pa- passion and purpose is you can end up creating a job for yourself that makes you despise the thing that you've yeah, created exactly. so you've got to be willing for that which clearly you are it, it, that's the whole point of what our philosophy is all about is i don't care what you're doing how much money you're making are you waking up excited to do it? Because if you're not there yet, are you looking to be looking for your passion at all costs? I think is an important message. What's as we wrap up here, Jason? What's what would if we are having this conversation three years from today, what is got what's got to happen for you and Project K9 Hero to feel good about your success personally and professionally? What where, where do you where do you see? uh this going and that i almost want to say it's a short-term horizon but i like that three-year mark and especially these days three years means yeah. nothing i'm kind of throwing uh throwing it out there a little bit but i think someone has a focus so i'm curious to see hey where's it where's where this going where would you like it to go
1: yeah so next year we just announced it recently we're doing our 2021 project canine hero awards we're planning on do that in dc okay. we're gonna get a lot of members of congress involved and we're gonna we're gonna recognize seven of the nation's top police, military, or fire search and rescue dogs in different categories. And I think that's going to bring oh, a lot of cool. awareness to these heroes, not only by having it in DC and getting members of the government involved, it's going to bring awareness to our canine hero act, which okay. I would love next year for our award show to start as an inaugural show. We're going to look at some different networks. In my mind, I'm thinking discovery. I'm thinking animal planet. Hopefully next year we'll get a broadcast. If we don't, I'll be looking to do it in the next year. And within that, One year, two-year time period, I'd like to see that Canine Hero Act be passed and made into a law. So instead of working so hard for the donations where we're paying medical bills, we can get some of that funding from government and use – that's going to be like a grant. And that's going to bring a lot of uh, pressure and stress off me. We paid uh, $751,000 in program services last year. So if we got a grant from the Canine Hero Act for just, say, a quarter million dollars, that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars left. I have to worry about raising, or I can put that towards other program applicants who are in need, mm-hmm. which we have over a hundred. So those are the two biggest things. The three-year plan is really seeing this rehabilitation rehoming center come up. We've made it to a multi-million-dollar organization for me working off my iPhone and traveling around without a corporate office, and that's almost impossible. We need a place for our staff, so having the office built. Having our rehab rehoming kennels, which is uh, 14 kennels in there, established. We have three dogs right now that we could have in there that are not in there. I'm picking up a retired military working dog next month from Fairchild Air Force Base in uh, Spokane, Washington. We just got some temporary kennels, but it'd be nice if we had that building. The adoption cabins would be up. That's where veterans veteran like you who may want to adopt a dog could come mm-hmm. out stay here on us for the weekend. Use our 177 acres to take walks, play with the dog. See if the bond is correct for you or you and your family before we make that commitment and uh, have all those things in place. So I think within the next three years, you're going to see us go from a $2 million organization a year to about a $5, million, $5 to $7 million organization a year. Mm-hmm. Having our Canine Hero uh, Awards enact. Hopefully it'll be on TV. Having our Rehabilitation Rehoming Center almost completed or about done. And having that Canine Hero Act passed.
0: Man, no, that's a vision. Everything from award show to building out a, a kennel. No, I, I did get the vision. My my goal is I can get this thing going so I can be one of your one of your corporate sponsors <laughs> for sure. But how do how do folks who who maybe can't uh, do any more of those twenty five dollars you know a month deals right now? How can they support? You said you got a good following. Um, you know, want to want to keep growing it, even one person at a time. Of course, where do folks f- find a can- a Project Canine Hero?
1: Yeah. So, you know, our Facebook page and our Instagram page are the biggest. That's at Project Canine Hero. You'll see us on there. Our Twitter is there, Project Canine Hero. We also have a pretty good following on YouTube. We post a lot of videos, so you can go to our YouTube, subscribe to us there at Project Canine Hero. My personal LinkedIn, Jason Johnson, Project Canine Hero, has... I don't know about 24,000 followers on there. You can follow us on there and check it out. But most importantly, I realize not everybody, being a former enlisted soldier, Mm -hmm. police officer, and government worker, not everybody can afford to donate. So if you can't, just follow us. Look at the great stories we're sharing every day, like Rex's today story. Tomorrow Mm -hmm. we'll have a different story. And if you can't donate, understand, just share. If you just share our message, that's even good enough. Everybody almost has to buy presents around Christmas time. We have everything ranging from $5 gifts to $50 gifts, whether it be a hoodie, whether it be a children's book, whether it be our new deck of cards, a challenge coin, everything from leashes and collars for your dogs to socks. So we have so many things in there. You can go in the proceeds from each of those, go back to helping our mission, helping take care of retired police canines, military working dogs with medical care. So check us out, projectcaninehero.org. And like I said, follow us on those social medias. And I understand not everyone can donate, but everyone, it's free to share. And if you could do, I'd really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And, and Jason, I'm assuming, I don't know about calling congressmen or whatever, but hey, you got an act going through right now, mm-hmm. raising awareness around that. Is there anything specific around that you're looking to get done?
1: Yeah, we need or? we need support on that. So if you go to our page. Again, at heroorg hit the K-9 Hero Act. You'll see a drop down. You can read about it. You read the act, but it says how to get involved and how to contact your congressman. We have some templates filled out and how you can let them know why this would be important to you. Because we feel, obviously, that if a dog served our country, whether it be federal police or in the military, that they deserve our help in retirement. And that's not what's happening right now. Once they adopt them out, they just release all that responsibility and whoever signs that hold harmless waiver. And that's not good enough for me. What would be good enough for me is to make sure every medical bill they have for the rest of their life is paid for 100%. And that's what I'm fighting so hard for. And I say it all the time that these heroes spent their career protecting us. And now it's my turn to spend the rest of mine protecting them.
0: No, you're right on, man. Fully behind the mission. Again, a little sad that uh, I didn't realize this wasn't being taken care of. seems like an obvious thing to take care of these dogs. But thank you for picking up the mission and being so successful with it so quickly. Obviously, a lot of dog lovers in this country. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows. But thanks again for coming on the show, man. Everybody else, we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Well Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the Post-Military Guide to Gaining Autonomy and Control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwalk.com
1: to learn more.